This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Advice Show. From advising clients to practice management, this podcast will give UK and global insights into the financial planning profession. I'm Zach, a reporter at New Model Advisor, and today we're talking about the mini budget. Join me is Tom Selby, Head of Retirement Policy at AJ Bell. So thanks so much for joining me, Tom. Um, sorry we had some connection issues before, um, but uh, all in good fun. Um, first of all, can I just ask you very simply, you know, what was your initial response to the wide-ranging budget? Um, and, you know, what does that mean for the UK economy? So it was a, a surprising budget, I would say. I think from some people's perspective, probably quite a, a shocking budget. We we had a, a maelstrom of announcements, some of which we had heard a bit about before, some of which were, were brand new and rabbits out of the hat, as it were. But we're looking across the piece, whether it's cutting income tax for highest earners, scrapping the national insurance rise, I think one of the fastest U-turns we've seen in, in government history, cutting stamp duty, um, boosting the incentives for people to invest in riskier things through EIS and SEIS. There's a huge swathe of things here that are aimed squarely at boosting economic growth. Um, there's pretty clearly little... Uh, worry for this government about appearing to be fair. So lots of the money, lots of the tax cuts are going to primarily affect the richest and benefit the richest. And Liz Truss has been very clear that that's going to be the case. But there, this government is pretty clearly squarely aiming to deliver economic growth and to deliver, deliver economic growth as, as quickly as possible. Now, in terms of what the the markets think of this and what the, this means for the for the economy well the markets haven't reacted particularly well certainly in the short term so the pound has has slid i think i've read various notes from different respected economic organizations so capital economics for example suggesting that while this might have a, a, a small impact in in terms of short term growth when you're looking at long term growth um, their their projections are remaining broadly the same. You're also looking at a huge program of spending here. I mean, e- even even when you're looking off the back of uh, COVID and the furlough scheme, this is a truly colossal commitment to spending money on uh, on a permanent basis. And the the big question, I suppose, coming out of this is whether this gamble can possibly pay off and deliver the two and a half percent a year economic growth that the chancellor says we need in order for it all to be to be worth it and and that question i think is is going to be up in the air for the next few years and of course looking in the background we've got a very high inflation and creeping interest rates as well and there's always the risk when you have a an expansive package such as this that it will just stoke inflation and that might lead to even higher interest rates than anticipated and that's certainly something that capital economics and others uh, are warning of yeah, I mean, it was certainly very dramatic. Um, I was I was speaking to an advisor earlier today who told me that he thought that um, it was very much a budget for the next election, um, and that this you weren't we weren't watching, you know, a chancellor give policies based on 
what they've seen and based on how they're going to manage things, it was really a lot of a lot of statements, really, and a lot of um, you know proclamations of. It certainly had to be dramatic in one way or the other. Um, so we've we've certainly seen that. I mean, so you mentioned markets there, um, and of course, you know they've they've. Well, the last I, I saw this morning, they'd fallen off a cliff. Um, pretty much as soon as as soon as um, Chancellor Cotacartan started talking. Um, so, um, just going just going in on a bit more on that um, and what this might mean for investors moving forward. I mean, there are a lot of moving parts, but how do you see that playing out um, in terms of what that would actually mean for investors talking to clients? So um, if, you, if, you, if you're an, an investor, then what's happening in the, in the UK economy shouldn't necessarily impact on the way your, your investments are, are performing or your portfolio construction or, or anything like that. So anyone who's, who's got a, a good advisor helping them to make sensible investment decisions will have a, a portfolio that's diversified around the world. And there may be you know, tactical tweaks here and there based on, on short-term yeah, of announcements. But you would hope, one would hope that, um, that, that anyone who's invested for, for the long term has got significant diversification in their portfolio. That means that if there are short-term fluctuations in, for example, sentiment towards the UK economy because of political decisions, that the impact of that should be relatively small now there are there are individual decisions that have been taken in this i mean what are we what are we calling are we calling it a budget are we calling it a mini budget a maxi budget uh, yeah, a exactly. fiscal event um i'm not let's call it a budget because it is a budget isn't it <laughs> yeah. um there, there are there are individual tax decisions that will affect people's incentives to invest and ability to invest but i i would i would say most investors who are focused on the long term which should be all investors wouldn't be too perturbed about what ultimately are, are going to be short-term market ructions in the UK. Absolutely. Um, and, and coming on to, you know, um, you mentioned um, in, your first, in our first discussion that um, the uh, stamp duty had been cut. Um, and, of course, this is quite a timely mini-budget or fiscal event or whatever, um, because, of course, you know, um, it comes a day after the announcement from the Bank of England um, about interest rates and further rises. And, of course, you know, that goes in terms of people's mortgages going up, um, and there also now seems to be a big incentive to now with some duty being cut to get on the property ladder. Um, with how do how do you see that the property market panning out? Um, and are you concerned at all about rising interest rates? So I, so I suspect lots of people on on flexible mortgages or people who are looking to buy will be concerned about rising interest rates. It's certainly the, the you know the the potential of moving from a world where you know, base rate was essentially hovering somewhere around 0.25, 0.5% to a world where base rate might be 3, 4, right. 5% will be concerning. And for, for, for lots of people, interest rates at that level are simply something they've not experienced. If you, you know, someone who, someone who got on the property ladder since the, the great financial crash, so since 2008, 2009, 2010, simply won't have experienced borrowing rates at, at that level. And so it's something that people need to, prepare for and, and adjust to again it, it, this is this is this is a kind of area where if you've got a good financial advisor helping you along then you'll you should be in a position where you're prepared for this so a good advisor will will model the possibility that your interest rates are going to go up by three four five percent because actually historically it's not too high at all i think the average right. interest rate yeah, between yeah. 1970 and today is somewhere in the region of seven percent it's just over this last period of 15 20 years we've seen 
artificially low interest rates, lower than you would certainly expect. So that is a concern, I think, for people, as I say, who haven't fixed their mortgages at a lower level. I think in terms of the the wider property market, the, the concern whenever whenever stamp duty is cut, and it's not the first time in recent years that we've seen a cut in stamp duty, is that all we'll, we'll see is a, an increase in the price of houses that people are going to buy. So I saw a, a mortgage broker tweeting just before we um, just before we logged on, suggesting that they'd already seen a case where there was an offer for a property on the table and the person who was selling it decided that they wanted more money for that property because they knew that the person buying was going to benefit from a stamp duty cut. And that's just... You know, that's economics. It's supply and demand. It's 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 what it's what you would expect to yeah. to happen. So, I'm sure this will stimulate activity in the housing market. But I guess if you're a young person looking to get on that housing market, then the thing you've got to be careful of is you don't just end up paying odds over the odds for the house that you're buying. You end up buying somewhere that you don't want, for example, and financially end up in exactly the same position as you were in before so i think we've yeah, we've seen the housing market get stoked before i suspect that's what we're going to see again i'm not convinced that that's going to deliver any kind of productive economic growth for for the uk economy beyond of course helping estate agents earn a commission yeah that makes complete sense i mean i can certainly attest to the fact that in london the rental market um is is you know kind of overwhelming um at the moment um for for renters and i think a lot of landlords are um are, are figuring out um you know the mortgages they've got and, and passing those passing um those judgments onto tenants um so uh yeah we're certainly seeing a lot of that um sort of just moving on then um to just one of the more surprising, I wouldn't say shocking, because I think the um, the banker's bonus scrap was probably the most controversial and shocking. Um, but the most surprising one, certainly from a journalist's perspective, of wasn't what we were expecting, um, was the um, was the uh, additional rate of top tier tax um, over one hundred fifty thousand pounds being cut to forty percent from forty five. Um, just in just in terms of um, you know economically. Um, what do we think that will do? What, what what do you think that will do for um, for people on those incomes? And do we do we think do you think you'll see the money somewhere else into investments, perhaps? Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see exactly what additional rate taxpayers do with this huge bonus that's been going to be handed to them by by the chancellor. So yes, you're you're, you're right. It's the the wealthiest in the country. So those earn over one hundred fifty thousand pounds are going to see a five percentage point cut in the amount of amount of income tax they pay. It means that someone earning three hundred thousand pounds is going to receive a ten thousand pounds tax cut, which is certainly a a departure from the approach we've seen from previous governments um, in terms of what those taxpayers are going to do with that money. Well, they'll clearly have the option to invest it if they want. I suspect that the government, more than anything, wants them to to go out and spend it in the economy. Now, the danger, of course, there is if you're increasing people's spending power that you are going to add to inflationary pressures and make what is already quite a difficult position with when it comes to inflation we've got inflation running at 9.9% i think at the moment the danger is that that's just going to stoke yet more yeah. inflation um i think in terms of some of the the things that those 
kind of clients are going to be thinking about. So the things that additional rate taxpayers might be thinking about. I think one of the one of the key areas of focus, I suspect, for for advisors and for those clients will be around making the most of the pension tax relief that they have available while it's still there. Now, clearly, reducing the amount of income tax you pay for those people will be seen as a a benefit and they'll get to keep more of their own money. But of course, in in reducing the the top rate of tax from 45% to 40%, 40%, it means that the tax relief that those people get on pension contributions will also be reduced from 45% to 40%. So there's going to be a, a year window between now and oh, well, not just slightly less than a year, sorry, between now and uh, and April next year, when this, uh, the cut in the top rate of tax comes in, where, where those very high earners will be able to keep getting 45% tax relief before it's reduced. So I suspect for, for lots of advisors and clients in that position, the, the focus now will be looking at how to maximize pension contributions before that incentive reduces yeah thank you um and lastly i'd just like to touch on pensions actually um so i just wanted to ask you what what this will mean for pensions um you know that they've also announced was um that which we mentioned at the start of the show that um plans to accelerate um reform of the pension charge cap have been accelerated um and those sort of discussions are ongoing between um you know, between between the treasury and 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 the industry, really, um, and I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and what that will mean going forward. Uh, so, on the pension charge cap announcement, personally, I, I'm not convinced that that will make a huge difference to the way that pension schemes invest on a fundamental basis. So, the, the focus, so the focus there is on. Um, uh, pension schemes that are covered by the the 0.75% charge cap on default funds. Now, most of those pension schemes, all of those pension schemes will have trustees in place who have a fiduciary duty to invest members' money in a way that maximises the the returns that they get on that money and maximise the the retirement incomes that those members should ultimately get from their, their defined contribution pensions and so i'm i'm not convinced that many schemes given all that will really be tempted to go down the road of spending huge amounts of members money on illiquid assets and investing in infrastructure and all the rest of it when the cost of that investment potentially is going to be over the charge cap now right. clearly when you're investing it's not just about cost it's about the value that you get from that investment and if trustees are genuinely convinced that some higher risk more illiquid investments that include performance fees are going to deliver better outcomes for members then they may go down that route but i suspect the majority of trustees will need some serious convincing to to go for an investment that's outside the charge cap because clearly if that investment doesn't deliver performance then the fees that are associated with those with those investments are potentially going to be high and it's and and ultimately it's members money that they're looking after so we'll we'll see i think it's a case of the the government the government throwing as much as they possibly can at delivering growth and investment in infrastructure and all the rest of it and and hoping for the best and this is just one tool that they're that they're pushing forward with thank you that's really interesting um all right tom i think um i think we're gonna leave it there for today um thank you so much for joining us um on a very hectic day um and uh yeah this that's been the advice show for this week uh we'll see you again next week 
This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.